are um, with a guest host today. You may remember um, Lee from our Bruce for Beginners episode, which was very well received. Glad, glad to hear that. Oh glad my gosh. Yeah. yeah, on our Insta account, we, we picked up a bunch of Bruce fans. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was exciting. So we are back, and um, this week we're going to be talking about Billy Joel. William Joel. William Martin Joel, if you want to go deep on that. I do, I do. <laughs> Born May 9th, by the way, my daughter's birthday. So I was really? remember. Really? Yeah, yeah. May 19, 9th. 1949. Okay, yeah. so that puts, uh, how old is um, Billy? Uh, do some math here, I, Lee. I would say if we can round it, he is 50 plus 70, mid, uh, early to mid 70s. All right. Yeah. So around Bruce's age. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But um, you have prepared some uh, family background. Yeah, a little about, bit. About Billy. And I want to, I feel like I know everything about him, but I probably don't. Okay. Uh, so well, what have you got? He was born in New York City in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and he grew up on Long Island. He, uh, I was surprised to, to learn this. I thought for the longest time he was of Italian descent. Yeah, me too. Because of. You know, the early songs, mm-hmm. scenes from the Italian restaurants. Yes. And then he had the song Big Man on Mulberry Street. Mm-hmm. Mulberry Street is in Little Italy in New York. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought, well, he's got to be, he isn't. He actually, his father and mother are of Jewish heritage. And Joel, I thought. What? Yeah, yeah. And I thought that Joel was a stage name. And his dad was Howard or Helmut Joel. And he was, oh. dad was a classic, uh, classical pianist and businessman from Germany. And his mother, likewise, from a Jewish family. He said, my parents, quote, my parents were both from Jewish families. I was not brought up Jewish in any religious way. My circumcision was as Jewish as they got. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he attended Roman Catholic Church with his huh. friends, but he, he identifies as an atheist now. He so does. He is not Italian. He I'm is shocked. of Jewish heritage. Did you know this before doing some research? I, I did not. I just I made the assumption, you know, with with the music, you know. But and he was we just call ourselves fans. Lee. I know. Yeah. Um, I do remember now that you bring up the Jewish heritage thing. There was some controversy about him when he was wearing the yellow star of David. Something mm. happened. Okay. No I, clue I, what. I don't know that. But story. that's like no. I don't either. Obviously. But yeah. I re- yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, as far as background, um, you know, that's, he was in the obligatory, um, early bands, a band called mm. Attila. <laughs> yeah. Attila. And, uh, and here's, uh, here's a story I'm sure you've heard many times. Uh, Maybe. After the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. How many mm-hmm. times have we heard this about any number of rock, rock yeah. and rollers? After seeing the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, uh, Joel decided to pursue a career in music. He said that one performance changed my life up to that moment. I'd never considered playing rock as a career. And I saw these four guys who didn't mm. look like they came out of Hollywood. They played their own songs, their own instruments. He looked at John Lennon and he said, yeah, I know these guys. I can relate to these guys. I am these guys. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to play in a rock band. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm sure there were literally thousands of guys that said that and probably mm-hmm. you know 200 that actually did that you know and became you know well known but uh it's he a story i've heard focused. before 
Yeah, yeah. He was very focused. Yep. So that's that's sort of the background on Billy. What about um, his his high school? Did he ever make it through high school? No, uh, it's a good point. I think he got very close, a few credits away from uh, his high school uh, graduation. And um, he, uh, what do I have here? He was uh, a good student at the end really? of his... Really? Was he? <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote well... this? Okay. At the end of his senior year, he didn't have enough credits yeah. to graduate. So rather than uh, you know attend summer school to get the diploma, he decided to begin his career in music. And he said, to hell with it. If I'm not going to Columbia University, I'm going to Columbia Records. Oh. So good. Pretty clever line, yeah. even way back then. Uh-huh. He said, you don't need a high school diploma over there. And so in 1992, he submitted some essays uh, with the school board in lieu of the missed exam, and they accepted. This is 1992, and he was awarded his diploma from Hicksville High School 25 years after leaving. Hmm. I, I just don't even know what to, <laughs> what to say about that. Hicksville High School. Good for Billy. Yeah. Hicksville. But they did I mean, make him write a paper? Mm-hmm. Some sort of essay, yeah. Some sort of Pro- essay. Probably on his own songs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, well, I learned a lot from that. I obviously didn't know everything I needed to know about him. Um, Lee, yeah. what is the first Billy Joel album that you bought that, like, made you think, become a Billy Joel fan? Okay, uh, 1977. Uh-huh. I had just graduated from college, and I bought The Stranger. And uh, can, you, can you remind our listeners what the um, cover looks like? Uh, is that the one where he's staring at the the, mask. the white mask? Yes, is it drama or tragedy or <laughs> comedy <wonderful>. or <laughs> what's well, comedy or tragedy? Yeah, one one of those. But the songs on that record, so good, just the way you are, which mm-hmm. uh, has become a, a wedding reception standard. Oh yeah, uh, moving out, Anthony's song, mm-hmm. um, only the good die young. Oh. And she's always a woman, which may be also a wedding song standard. You know? Oh, that I don't is know, so but, good. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, scenes from an Italian restaurant, which mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier, which kind of led us to believe he was of Italian descent. Uh, so big, big record for him. Um, and that was the first one that you bought? That was the first album that I bought, yeah. And then also Vienna is on that, which I understand is one of his personal favorites yeah and it's one of the most streamed songs one of the most streamed songs on the internet of all of all songs vienna vienna and we were uh we were watching a uh a show series called the politician Uh i don't know if you ever heard of the show it's a cable cable show uh i think just one maybe two seasons and it was used in that very well one of the main uh, characters sang that song yeah it is such Vienna a waits beautiful for you. Yeah. song. Yeah. And you mentioned that's the relation. Uh, his father was from Vienna. Yeah. yeah. I think Born I heard Vienna, this on the Vienna. Billy Joel channel. Like he went to Vienna because he hadn't seen his dad or he was estranged from his dad and he was like looking for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I should have done my research like you, Lee. I know there's one song that he wrote specifically for his mom. I, he, I can talk about that if you want to. Yeah, because he felt very yeah. badly that his mom wasn't able to be like a lovely, you know, like she was a lovely lady, right. but she was kind of, you know, it was, I, I don't even know what happened. It, it's one of my favorite songs yeah. of all of his. It's from 52nd Street, 1978. 
And uh, it's called Rosalinda's oh, Eyes. Oh, yes. A, and it's his beautiful. mother was Rosalind or Rosalind. I'm not sure mm-hmm. the pronunciation, but he named the song, you know, after her. And uh, the song is about a Cuban musician mm-hmm. uh, who struggles to make ends meet. And so he's he's playing in a Puerto Rican band mm-hmm. and he's homesick. And he looks forward to being with his girl, Rosalinda. Aww. And uh, he has the sweet line, uh, I'll return before the fire dies in Rosalinda's eyes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sweet line. So, I like choked up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that His song mother, is beautiful. People it is. should all listen to it. Yeah. He said that he wrote that song saying to himself, this is the the song or the love letter that my father should have mm-hmm. written to my mother. Mm-hmm. And he wrote it. So uh, if you're looking for that, it's on the 52nd Street record, Rosalinda's Eyes. You won't beautiful, be disappointed. Beautiful melody, beautiful lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, and he captured that early, early in his career. Yeah, yeah. That's also a very good. Fifty Second Street is very heavy on his piano playing. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my first album that I bought Lee was Glass Houses. Okay. And that was the first album I ever bought in my life. Yes. Do you remember uh, what you paid for it? Uh... Could it have been seven ninety nine? It was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. A lot of babysitting money. I yes. was probably like twelve when I bought it, mm. and I would just like the the cover. I just loved because he's like wearing jeans, his leather jacket, and he has a rock in his hand. And he's about to throw it into a glass house, and then if you flip it over, there's like broken glass, and then there's Billy wearing his blazer and thin tie, like looking through the shards of glass. I love that. And Lee, I'm going to be vulnerable here. And I went through a phase in eighth grade where I dressed like Billy Joel. You did? I did. I wore the jeans. I wore the t-shirt and the blazer. Not every day, but you know, it was a look. Skinny tie? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Okay. That was part of the look. That was part yeah. of his look. Oh, and yeah. then the Adidas white tennis shoes. I wore those too. Oh, okay. I had never owned a pair of tennis shoes until eighth grade when I was, you know... I hope no pictures of me exist, you know, from this era, but that was his fashion statement. All right. So, um, concerts. I know during, in the Bruce episode that everyone should check out, you had some great concert stories about Bruce. What about I, Billy? I have no, unfortunately, no concert experience with Billy. It's not for lack of desire, but mm-hmm. I just have never had the right opportunity. And part of it is I didn't want to see him in the giant venues. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have seen him at Miller Park in Milwaukee mm-hmm. a few years back, but it's just not my kind of, mm-hmm. you know, ideal for an experience. Uh, but I know you you did go to that concert. I did go. I think it was like in 2019. I went with two of my girlfriends and um, I wanted, the tickets were just $50. Where were you seated, though? Well, in the nosebleed section. Yeah. <laughs> I was like kind of like getting, we were really high up. Billy was probably like two inches tall, mm-hmm. you know, hidden behind a piano. Right, yeah. Um, and on the Jumbotron, he was three inches three tall. Three inches, yeah. yeah. You know, screeching away. Um, but I wanted to like say that I'd, I had seen him. I don't know why. Yeah. So I did go to that. Um, was I blown away 
No. No, I was not. There was, he was quite, um, his weight tends to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. And he was quite heavy at this concert. Yeah. And he he was playing Piano Man. And, you know, he got out his harmonica and was huffing and puffing on, on that. No. You know? And then he stops. And he was honestly, like, clutching his heart. And everyone's, you know, sing us the song. You know, singing. And Billy's, like, clutching his heart. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's going to, like drop over dead but he like he rallied and then continued on but he did not look healthy so he was he was not joking that was actually he was not joking a, a, a moment of real it health was, concern yeah. and yeah. Uh, my friend moose was at that concert and he filmed the whole thing and i'm like oh my gosh did you see when that happened he's like no no you know i didn't notice and it's like was I the only one? But it's true. And yeah. it was after yeah. he was huffing and puffing away on that harmonica. And then I think this is a thing that he does at his concerts. Like some guest person comes out and mm-hmm. surprises the audience. Yeah. Um, it was one of the fellas from ACDC who came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's done... Uh... Shook is it shook me all night? I don't yeah, know. The, yeah. It shook me all night long. He's yeah. done, he's done that. I know in concert, and, and that's what they did. Yeah. And then the ACDC guy had some like shh, he was like spraying <laughs> the audience. <laughs> it's oh, too oh, and I almost this was just disgusted me. Oh no! So you know we we told about Rosalinda's eyes. So yeah. that's like a wonderful side of Billy, right? But you know on the jumbotron how they show people dancing, yeah, and like having fun. They had like fake footage of like hot girls dancing. They it couldn't. So... They couldn't find any in Milwaukee. <laughs> they couldn't find any in Milwaukee. Wow. <laughs> I was like so insulted. Yeah. And it was obviously like it's like these women are not here. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I were Ugh. Billy, my guest uh, star for that show would have been Bob Dylan to play harmonica. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great? <laughs> Yeah, we also we almost lost dear Billy that evening. We needed, mm. or what about Paul McCartney? Because you know they've sung some duets together, and they, they're just they truly have. awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know McCartney. I, I've I've loved since I was you know nine ten years old, but his voice is is pretty frayed now, and mm-hmm. I I just personally I don't think he should be doing public uh, appearances anymore, but. He's you know, gonna. people people love him and want to see him. him and will pay great sums of money to see him. So yeah. there you have it. Yeah. Well, we need to do another whole episode on Paul. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that is our concert. So I guess I didn't have like a super glowing thing. We left um, at the Encore to, to get out of there because there were a lot of people really showed up for this mm-hmm. concert. Um, he started off his Encore with We Didn't Start the Fire. And then he went into Uptown Girl. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. We Didn't Start the Fire, as you listeners may know, is the song that lists a lot of mm-hmm. people and events from the 50s or maybe even earlier mm-hmm. forward. And uh, he says he really does not like the song. Uh, it's got a, a less than stellar melody. Mm-hmm. Um, he said if he misses one word in the <laughs> listing, oh, it's yeah. a train wreck. His words. Oh, because you know. he's got to like keep building on it. It yeah. like, builds momentum. It does. And yeah, I think if, if it's like one little Jenga piece doesn't mm-hmm. work, the whole thing flies apart. Yeah. So I think that's why he doesn't like to do it in concert. But he it's a it, very yeah. popular song. Yeah, people you know? loved it. Yeah. 
Um, I was, my son knows this, well, my kids, I make them listen to the Billy Joel channel whenever it comes on on Sirius Radio. We, <laughs> and it comes on about every three or four months, I roughly. I wish it was a permanent thing. I do too, yeah. Like all the time, like the Grateful Dead channel. We should let listeners know too that it's not just a bunch of Billy Joel songs. He's actually mm-hmm. BJ, the, the DJ. DJ. Yes. And he uh, tells stories and he uh, introduces songs and... He actually, I think, sometimes is playing a little, oh, little yeah. bit and singing a little bit. Yeah. You know, talking about how a song was written or revised, what have you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, I love Sirius it. XM. He's usually there, like I said, but every three or four months, maybe every six months, they. Well, they bring I him know, in. like during the summer, that station is Yacht Rock. Yeah, bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Bring him back. <laughs> Um, okay, so Lee, let's go through our different um, types of songs that Billy has written mm-hmm. and talk about our favorite one from each um, genre. Each genre. Or, each genre. Yeah. What is your favorite Billy Joel ballad? Well, I think uh, Rosalinda's Eyes oh. is, is uh, when we talk maybe, uh, you know, sufficiently about that. Mm-hmm. But it is a beautiful song, and I would put that at the... It, it, he has so many songs. We should say that he stopped writing and releasing music in the last century. Yes. In the nineties, he oh. hasn't. He hasn't written. At least he hasn't written anything that he's released. Yeah. Recorded and released. So it's been twenty twenty five years easily. You know. Isn't that, he that had, crazy? Yeah. And so all of his concerts are from you know seventies, eighties, nineties music, uh, and it all holds up. I think. The vast majority of it holds up very well. Piano Man, it's just been played to death, not just Ugh. on the radio, mm-hmm. but by you know so many uh, pianists who play piano bars. It's probably not what they want to play, but they get it requested. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a, a great song lyrically, but it's mm-hmm. just been so overplayed. You just don't want to hear it anymore. I feel like just the way you are yeah. is one of the, like, I don't need to hear it again. Yeah, Plus exactly. he wrote that about his first wife, you know, mm-hmm. right? another kind of train wreck story. But yeah. I think we're going to get to that. Okay. Um, we already talked about my favorite ballad, which is Vienna. Mm-hmm. I could listen to that song a million times. You know, it's a pretty it, song. It's a pretty song. Do you recall the instrumentation? Does he have like a squeeze box or accordion in that song? Does Am he? I thinking? Well, we'll have I to. Th- I hope there's no harmonica in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your favorite? Most people don't think of Billy Joel as being political, but he is. He, he is he, political. He, I'm interested to hear what your favorite one is. He has written a couple of songs that uh, I think many people uh, are familiar with. One mm-hmm. is Allentown, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about Allentown, Pennsylvania. And it was kind of. I thought Allent, but it's not really Allentown. That's one of the stories in um, that he tells when he's BJ the DJ, or just blathering on about. Fill me in. Um, I th- I think he had to use it. It was about he had to change the name of the town that it really was because it didn't fit lyrically and like for other reasons. Yeah, he mentions Bethlehem too, which Allentown. Bethlehem and Easton are mm-hmm. three cities that are close together mm-hmm. and are known for, you know, the, the mining that happened. Let's continue talking about Allen, 
Allentown. Yeah. Um, a topical song. Uh, I would say Allentown and Goodnight Saigon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wanted uh, that album, Nylon Curtain. They're both on Nylon Curtain. Oh, yeah. He wanted the album to, as he said, communicate his feelings about the American dream and how changes in American politics during the Reagan years meant that, quote, all of a sudden you weren't able to be able to inherit the kind of life your old man had. So things weren't getting better by the generation. Things were slipping by the generation. And so if you listen to, you know, Goodnight Mm. um, Saigon, he has this really raw line, as sweet as he had the line in Rosa Linda's eyes. This line in um, Goodnight Saigon, which is about, um, you know, our our Marines in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. We came in spastic like tameless horses we left in plastic as numbered corpses Hmm. pretty pretty right to the bone kind of Mm -hmm. writing you know uh powerful stuff uh for for a pop song rock song i i do remember like when the nylon curtain came out i was you know a teenager i did not like it Mm -hmm. you know it was just like you know I didn't want anything to do with it. You no. mean because it was too message oriented? It was too, and I didn't. I probably just didn't get the politics of it. And it's like, what the heck is this? Yeah. You know, I liked. Yeah. I liked the bad boy Billy. You know. Yeah, and and uh, if you want to talk about what epitomizes the bad boy Billy, oh, I you want do. To transition to that. Yeah. Um, you may be right. Uh, from 1980 Glass Houses. Mm-hmm. That really is the uh, the bad boy rocker, I think. And uh, he has the line, um, you may be right, I may be crazy, but it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on to talk about riding his motorcycle oh, in the rain. In the you rain. know, what a, what a dangerous bad boy thing to do, right? <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to break the stereotype of just being like a piano man guy, you know, yeah, sitting behind yeah. the piano. Because he was actually quite active you know if you look at earlier footage of him he's like you know moving around and, oh know, on stage on the piano yeah. yeah if you if you go back to the concert that he did in russia mm-hmm. which was kind of a breakthrough i mean other performers had been in russia before him mm-hmm. but he made a pretty big splash it was a video concert and um you know he was very animated as was all the band really in that yeah. in that in that show so yeah he was definitely um not just you know um, contained at the piano, he was like he was, he was when I saw him in 2019. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like he just parked at the piano and he d- he d- he didn't get up once. So I the girls think. on the screen had to <laughs> sort of fill in for his inactivity at the piano. <laughs> the fake girls. It's like, oh my god. You know, you really? asked me earlier about uh, the sweet ballads, and mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, Rosalinda's eyes. Another one is Until the Night, which is from 52nd Street. And uh, it was a tribute to the Righteous Brothers. Love the Righteous Brothers, you know. And uh, if you hear the Righteous Brothers, you know that's Phil Spector, The Wall of Sound. Mm -hmm. Very dense and thick sounding, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of orchestration. And uh, he brought that kind of sound to Until the Night. And it's very much that kind of Phil Spector, where it starts slow and soft and it builds, it has this big yes. crescendo, you know. And so he was really, I think, mirroring that that kind of a song as a tribute to the Righteous Brothers. 
Oh, Lee, you got all the good ballads. Yeah. Um, for political, I also put down Allentown. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of liked the beginning, how it sounded like a machine. Yeah, you know? yeah, there were whistles the and whistles steam. And... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really remembering the video. I think there were like some hot biceps, like some <laughs> biceps that were all greased up, like turning cogs. MTV, you know, you get a political topical song, yeah. but you still have to jazz it up, you know, with a little, a little, uh, you know, uh, cheesecake. Yeah, you know? I think there were greased up biceps and guys just wearing like you cut know, off overalls. shirts. And... No, no, I no? think just like overalls with no shirts. Oh, no shirts. No okay. shirt. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Billy had, you know. Billy, I don't think, has ever done that. No. No, I don't think he ever went through the Springsteen buff period. No, no, he didn't. Okay, so let's move on to mid-tempo. I'm going to say mine first because I don't want you to take it, Lee. Okay. My favorite mid-tempo song of Billy Joel's is River of Dreams. Ah, yeah. From the the album of the same name. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you like about that song? Um, it kind it kind of seems like kind of like a spiritual song. It's I, I, I like I like the speed of it mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. It's just it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. I go walking in my sleep. It's he catchy. Like, he has some background singers. It's probably him doing the background. I don't because he does that sometimes, doesn't he? Or he sings the background. Oh yeah, I'm sure he yeah, he double tracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's him or someone else. I just I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um. I do not like the cover for River of Dreams. It's a drawing of Billy with his eyes closed. Oh, okay. I thought there were multiple images on that cover and that oh. Christy Brinkley had painted those. Oh. Seems to me, uh, we'll have to check that, but I thought there were multiple images representing oh, maybe. songs or well, episodes. I remember thinking, like, who did the art for this? <laughs> I think that that, I think may, that explains a lot that of that may explain that, that some yeah. things up. But I never liked the cover, but I love the song. Mm-hmm. So that's my mid-tempo song. Okay. What's yours? Uh, I think we could call this mid-tempo. It's a duet, and it was written specifically for Billy to do with his idol and major influence, Ray mm-hmm. Charles, "Baby Grand," mm-hmm. and it's a great song. Uh, it really says to the audience listening, you can count on very little as a musician, but you can count on your instrument. Mm. And, you know, people come and go, girlfriends, wives come and go. Billy's on his fourth marriage now mm-hmm. uh, at last check. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, him and Ray Charles just mm. sound really great. great together. And you can tell, you know, there's... Uh, uh, a good, you know, chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, between the two of them. And uh, I just, I can, I listen to that song a lot. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I, I just find that song to be really a, a compelling song. Well, I like a, Ray Charles a great well, deal. yeah. So that's part of it. It must have just been thrilling for Billy to sing with Ray Charles. And I think that unlike some duets, you know, I believe Sinatra or Tony Bennett, in some cases they were with the other person in the studio. In other cases, mm-hmm. they were, you know, in their putting, apartments. <laughs> putting their track down independently. Yeah. And then, you know, the other person was putting their track down at a studio on the other side of the, the country. Yeah. But I, I do believe that they they were in the same room together, the same studio together yeah, well, then doing it comes that song. Through. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, is a good one. Baby yeah. Grand. Okay. And, uh, um, what about an up-tempo song? We've gone ballad, mid-tempo, up-tempo. 
I got to, I got to, do you have one? You maybe, yeah, uh, mine so is, many. you may be right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it starts off with Billy throw it. That's, of course, from Glass Houses. It starts off with the sound of breaking glass because he has thrown that rock through the glass window. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love that song. I loved it. Maybe it was because it was my first album ever, but I think that's a good one. He was trying at that time to show, you know, that he wasn't just a piano person. It's more stripped down kind of new age new wave i think that's what he was going for right yep i think um there's so many to pick from up tempo mm-hmm. i'm i'm just uh tumbling them over in my mind yeah. but I, I like it's not a really probably well-known song of his but los angelinos oh do you know that yes, song of yeah course. and uh it's los angelinos. uh it's from uh, street life serenade yep. which we haven't talked about that oh. album uh, That's and going way back. It it is going back to the mid mid seventies, mm-hmm. and uh, I yeah it's it's just talking about from a New Yorker's point of view. Comedians mm-hmm. have done this for a long time, comparing New York to L.A. And he, as a New Yorker, you know, born in the Bronx, mm-hmm. uh, is looking at Los Angeles and, mm-hmm. and as an observer, you know, an outsider coming in and describing it, talking about, you know, what he sees there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody was born there. You know, everybody yeah. comes from somewhere else. And I, I just like his, his kind of take on, uh, you know, that pretty, pretty early on, too, you know, that he was able to make some observations about a city that he would have to, you know, record in and live in and, you know, be uh, part of the industry. I'm not sure he felt great about California because he had that song, um, Say Goodbye to Hollywood. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was his drummer, Liberty DeVito, plays a big part in that song. He yells Liberty's name. He uh, it was a minor hit for him. um, And he said that he no longer performs it because singing it in its high original key shreds his vocal cords. (laughs) Which song is that? The Say Goodbye to Hollywood. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It shreds his vocal cords. He did finally play it for the first time since 1982 when he sang it in 2014. So between 82 and 2014, he wasn't singing this song, but he sang it at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, I love that song. I like how Liberty begins it. Yeah. Yeah, Liberty DeVito, longtime drummer with, Mm -hmm. uh, with Billy. And, uh, Best name ever for a drummer. Yeah. Next to Ringo Starr. You know, <laughs> Liberty DeVito, come on. <laughs> and uh, another reason why why I thought he was Italian, because he had a, an Italian drummer in yeah, the band. Yeah, he must That's be maybe, Italian. Yeah, he must got to be Italian. But uh, Lib, as he called him, Billy called him Lib. Oh, he did. Yeah, I called him Lib. He was unceremoniously let go from the band, from Billy's oh, band. Oh, I uh, don't like this. And... Uh, and Lib, I've seen in interviews, and I've heard Billy talk about this in interviews. Billy says that uh, Lib was in concert picking up the pace too quickly. He felt like his adrenaline was kicking in, and Billy would have to keep up with Lib's timing, and he was singing the song too fast. And I'm thinking, there's got to be more to the yeah, story can't than that this. Up, boys? You would you would think, I mean, Liberty, a great drummer, could could correct that you know so i i do think there's more behind behind the music oh i want to know that story yeah 
I wasn't very loyal of Billy because Lib was with them a long time. Yeah, and and Liberty did um, contribute a lot to the arrangements as drummers often do in rock mm-hmm. bands. And, uh, you know, I think didn't really get the credit and probably didn't. I, th- I think there was a lawsuit. I'm pretty sure there was a lawsuit there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. To dig through my notes on that. But I think there was a lawsuit. I think they settled out of court as these oh. things happen. But I think Liberty got, you know, some settlement there because he did contribute a lot, you know, to uh, Billy's music that, you know, became hit after hit. And yeah. it wasn't not only given the credit, but given, you know, some compensation for those contributions. Yeah. Yeah. Billy isn't coming off very great. <laughs> well, um, well, he's, we're, he's we're had his ups and he's all, had his downs. Angles, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Um, so, Lee, you had mentioned um, that you had watched the VH1 behind the music with Billy Joel. Yeah. And I'm sure I watched it at the time, but I can't. I can't remember it. I was probably too busy rewatching the Hall and Oates, you know, behind the music. Well. Where, Not, you know, they had no money because the record company had it all and John had to sell his race cars. A lot of musicians uh, are great at being an artist, but they're mm-hmm. not great at being a financial oh, yeah. planner and advisor to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they hire people to take care of their money. Yeah. And then they look the other way. You know, they just want to focus them, on yeah. writing great songs and, and their art. And what happened was Billy's manager, brother-in-law from his first marriage, uh, his Will daughter's, Elizabeth. right, uh, his daughter's godfather. This is one person we're talking about: manager, brother-in-law, godfather. He used Billy's money in a series of bad loans and business investments, no. and he ended up he ended up putting Billy in really bad financial shape. Oh. And Billy sued him for $90 million. What? Yeah, $90 million. And, um, $90 million? So Did he, he have $90 he, million? He, uh, no, the, the man is, uh, I don't know if I should mention his name or not. I probably will just leave it off the okay. table. People can find that out for themselves. But, but this man, uh, who had been Billy's manager, uh, filed for bankruptcy. And so in the end, Billy got about $8 million out of the 90 that he was seeking. And it wasn't oh. like the guy took 90, but there were punitive damages and, you know, things that weren't just purely the money that this guy made off with, with bad investments and loans and things. But Billy Billy was only able to capture about $8 million out of $90 million that he wanted. And then this guy came back and sued Billy later on. For, for what? I, I can't recall. I mean, there's, you know, it's a, it's a <laughs> wicked, wicked hot mess. <laughs> so... Um, you'd think, like, have musicians learned anything from this happening time and time again? Like, you can't just put some family member in charge of your money and wander off. The the guy was supposedly a financial advisor. It wasn't just, oh, I'm a relative and I'll be oh. sure to handle your money well. He apparently, it was, you know, this was, this is what he did. But he took advantage of Billy to an extreme. Wow. And uh, Billy had to, to go back after him and try and get some of the money back. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Billy is a pauper to this day. Billy <laughs> Billy is very well off. I think yeah. you can Google his net worth, and I'm sure it's it's triple-digit millions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dad sent me this article that he cut out of the newspaper, and he mailed it to me, Lee. That should tell you something about the age of my dad. <laughs> and it's all on how um, Billy Joel's neighbors hate him because he has a helicopter. 
And yeah. he doesn't like leave on his motorcycle. He leaves and goes to his little concerts yeah. in a helicopter. And it's like disturbing all the wildlife. It's disturbing them. It's like blowing everything all over. They hate him. And I saw recently within like the last couple months that he had put that house up for sale. He did sell a house. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, in the Hamptons. Is that where? Yeah, I think. Oh, he had a place. I bet the neighbors are like so happy to be rid of him. You know, um, Evie, it looked like a compound. Like there was an aerial thing. It's like, what is happening here? It's it's just him perpetuating the bad boy image, getting on the chopper and just waving to everybody that's angry because the animals are frightened and people's backyard parties are being disturbed. And... The hydrangeas are are Wilting. flying. Yeah. Well, I think another topic that we need to address at some point is like musicians and global warming. Mm. You know, there's been um, talk about my dear Taylor uh, Swift. Yes. She'll take like a 15 minute plane ride and she's like a major like just dumping nonsense into the air. And it really gets me mad. It's like, Billy, get in the car and drive to your little concert at Madison Square Garden. You know? Like, they, they they do have a so large right. carbon footprint. Yeah. yeah. It bothers me because politicians, I'm musicians, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that they just try to justify it by saying, "Well, I I need to be efficient, you know, in getting from point A to point B." Does he? I mean, what else is Billy doing? He has one concert a month. He could sit in some traffic. <laughs> I don't know. He's not a people pleaser. Well, he is when he's playing his music. Is he? You don't think he's trying to... I got to... the feeling at the concert... Was he just trying to make money? That's what I felt. Yeah. I didn't feel like a connection. And mm. maybe it could be that I was, you know, practically in the clouds. Yeah. But um, no, I felt like he was just doing it. Yeah. Well, I, I would imagine... How long was the concert, by the way? Oh, Hour and probably... a half? No, it was longer than that. Yeah. Two... Yeah. Probably over two hours. I would imagine he feels like he has to deliver a jukebox for his fans and that yeah. he can't really talk too much between songs. He's got to just hit one after another. Was he doing that? Or did it, you? He, there was tiny bits of banter. Not, yeah, not, not much. much rapport. No. But I think that's part of it. He's just trying oh, to squeeze in all of his songs. Makes the fans you happy. see Bruce in concert and he's going to do closer to three hours. And so he's got time to, he's got time to tell uh, a story or two. Plus, he's got to give the band a little, you know, R&R. &R. <laughs> you know, Max Weinberg's arms are getting tired when he's. <laughs> little Steven might need a fashion change, <laughs> a costume change. Oh, we are getting into the weeds here for your listeners. <laughs> Okay. You know, we talked about uh, the um, Ray Charles duet, and I wanted yeah. to just make the point. Um, Billy's daughter, her middle name is Ray, and that's mm -hmm. where it comes from, Ray Charles. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And uh, he also did some uh, other um, duets, and I think people might recognize New York State of Mind, another great oh, Billy yeah, ballad that, yeah, yeah. that uh, uh, was uh, a duet with Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember after 9-11. Or did she record it? By, I think they recorded it together, didn't they? Did they? I have to be honest, like, yeah. I don't really like Barbara's voice. I, I'm not a fan either, so we won't be doing a podcast on... on, <laughs> on what's, what's her nickname? Is it... Babs. Babs, yeah, we won't be yeah, doing that. Yeah, um, 
But after 9-11, remember when they did, all the musicians did that big fundraiser and like stations came back on the air. I remember yeah. Billy saying New York State of Mind. Mm-hmm. It was very good. It was very powerful. He also did it uh, with Tony Bennett uh, oh, on, yeah. on Tony Bennett's album, Playing With My Friends, Bennett Sings the Blues. So people, be good. yeah, people want to look that one up. That you know, if you're a Tony Bennett fan, um, I'm sure it would be very good. I have not heard those two guys together, but I don't know why this just ran through my head. I probably shouldn't say it, but what if he did New York State of Mind with Neil Diamond? Can you imagine it? <laughs> well, Neil has has officially retired oh, from performing, wasn't so it we for have a to go back reason, in time. Though? Yeah, I don't know why. If it was just you know that the pipes are gone. Oh, you know, he just always sounded so angry, <laughs> you know, when he was singing. Love on the rocks. <laughs> Is that what we're thinking of? <laughs> we're coming to America. Yeah. You know, it's like, why is he so angry? <laughs> just trying to channel that, that rock star anger. That rock yeah. star anger. Yeah. So, um, as we wrap it up, yeah. it seems like Billy is wrapping it up. He is. You know, we uh, we mentioned he's been playing Madison Square uh, one concert a month for the last nine years. Why do you think that is? Um, why is he wrapping it up? Or yeah, why, why do you think he's been doing this for nine years, a well, concert a month? Yeah, I think because there's always an audience for him. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, there will always be people that will pay to see him in that yes. venue uh, in the greater New York area. And he's, uh, I think, got one more year and he's done. So he'll have put in a full decade doing that. Mm. And he's made, I'm sure, you know, vast sums of money. But, you know, it's, it's a venue that people want to see him in. Uh, it's convenient for, you know, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, not you and I, of not course, us, but maybe, yeah. maybe some of your listeners. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's broken records. And I don't think those records will ever be, um, you know, challenged. Mm-hmm. Who who's gonna do that again? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, one a month for ten years. Ten years. Yeah. See, I've always had the feeling like he's doing it to pay alimony. Well, uh, like he needs to because he just it doesn't seem like joyful. Like I feel mm-hmm. like Bruce is joyful. I think yeah. Bruce just wants to be adored by his fans. He Bruce Bruce wants adoration yeah. definitely, and 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 uh, he he thrives on a live mm-hmm. audience. Um, not having seen Billy, I. We'll have to defer to you on that. Yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't feel the joy. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he just comes across kind of cranky. Should we talk about Billy's um, two suicide attempts before the... Billy's? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about Billy's. I thought we were talking about his 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 daughters. No, no. He, oh. he, he took uh, barbiturates first. He did? When was that? Uh, way back, way back. And then a second time, and I've got some notes what? on this. Yeah. He suffers from severe depression and has for most oh. of his life. And in 1970, a career decline in personal tragedies worsened his mood. And oh. uh, he, he left a suicide note. He was attempting he to did. end his life by drinking furniture polish. No. And this is the quote. He said, I drank furniture polish. It looked tastier than bleach. His drummer and bandmate, John Small, rushed him to the hospital. He checked into Meadowbrook Hospital, where he was put on suicide watch and received treatment for depression. Oh. Yeah. That is... He smelled it, and it smelled a little bit like lemon, he said, so he thought that would go down better than than bleach. Than bleach. How bizarre to make that choice. (laughs) 
Oh. Yeah. I, di- I didn't know this about him. I just thought he was a grouchy man. Yeah, so. Yeah, because I know his, an explanation his daughter, that. Alexa, has struggled with um, mental health mm. issues. Yeah. Um, geez. All right, well. Let's leave on an <laughs> upbeat note. That's, you know, and that wraps it up. <laughs> What Billy Joel, what Billy Joel, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What Billy Joel song really makes you feel really good when um, you hear it? Italian restaurant. I love it. Yeah. I love all the different scenes of it. How mm-hmm. it just starts off, you know, bottle of white, bottle yeah. of red. Yeah. I like singing along with it. I like Billy's songs because I know all the words, mm-hmm. you know. Just put on any of his album. Well, no, after like Nylon Curtain, I couldn't put on any album and okay. know all the words. Yeah. But um, what do you think people who are new to Billy Joel should listen to? If I'll make a playlist with all the songs that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like we've a lot of them are good for beginners too. I don't even want to say like Piano Man and you know. Yeah, the obvious ones. No. Um, he did an instrumental. And it's called Root Beer Rag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard not to smile when mm-hmm. you hear that song. It's mm-hmm. very fast-paced. Very fast, very um, good. And he's a good piano player. He's a great piano player. Yeah. He demonstrates it there. And it is it is a, a rag, like a ragtime yeah. song, you know, like a Scott Joplin type, you know, ragtime song. Do you know song. why he did that without lyrics? No, tell he me. He talked about this on the Billy Joel channel. All right, great. He needed another song for the album, and he couldn't think of anything to write about. So he's like, I know, I'll just, you know. Filler. Was, yeah, it was filler. <laughs> it was filler. But it's popular, and he played that song a lot in his early concerts. Yeah. People loved it, and I think uh, it's a song that it's up-tempo, and it, it puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I don't play it that much. Uh, I know the song. I can hear it in my I head. Too. Yeah, easily. What about Captain Jack? Well, you that's like that one? I'm I'm not as big a fan as many people are, but I know that that broke out in the East Coast for him and that really helped oh, did uh, it? it really helped um boost his career at the time, yeah. Radio like stations started picking that song up and playing it, but I'm I'm not that that big of a fan of that song, no. no. Um Sorry. Got to get back to the upbeat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ha- happy ending. So so what else do you think would be good? I think just listening to the whole album, The Stranger. There's not a bad song on it. Yeah. True. All right, Lee. So um, I, I just feel like anyone who's new to Billy Joel should just listen to The Stranger. And, you know, the other songs that we listed are all really good. You know, Vienna, Allentown, River of Dreams, You May Be Right, um, Rosalinda's Eyes. They're all excellent. New York State of Mind. New York State of Mind. Big Man on Mulberry Street, Baby Grand. Baby Grand. But I know that you um, really liked, and I liked it too. There's just so much to Billy that I kind of forgot about it, but his doo-wop phase. Yeah, and he had a uh, yeah. He had a a, a doo-wop song called "The Longest Time." Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for the longest time. And if people aren't aware of doo-wop, I mean, it was a a form of music, kind of a, a sub genre, uh, really kind of notable in the fifties, late fifties, maybe early sixties. Guys in New York and New Jersey would get on street corners and they would harmonize mm-hmm. and they would sing. 
you know, and their percussion might be clapping their hands or stomping mm-hmm. their feet. You know, snapping they didn't really, their fingers, snapping their fingers. They really didn't have any instruments, but they had these great sort of tight vocal harmonies. Three, four, maybe even five guys would get together and and sing on the street corner. Yeah, and um, that's what this song is an ode mm-hmm. to. Um, and I think uh, you know, it's a it's a happy song. It's an mm-hmm. up, upbeat song, upbeat. and uh, I just you know, it's it's a a tribute to that time and I think it was an important time for Billy you know I mm-hmm. think it informed his music to uh to be catchy and you know yeah. to be you know he knows how to write a good hook and a good melody and a good chorus and I think uh you know doo-wop uh you know typically has has all of that going for it did that come after the nylon curtain uh let's see you may well, that was uh glass houses uh that I believe that was glass houses 1980 the longest time was that really on glass uh, houses? I'm, oh. I, no, I'm sorry, no, I take that back. It was from Innocent Man. Yeah, uh, eighty four. Yeah. And is that after Nylon Curtain? Uh, well, now you have to. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to know if he like which one. Nylon Curtain. First, Nylon Curtain was late seventies, early eighties, okay. right in there. So I feel so, like yes, that it, was such it was, a downer. Yeah. Like he wanted to get his fans back, and I did return with the doo wop, um, mm-hmm. the Innocent Man, because I also love the song in Innocent Man. Oh, I think we're both in agreement there. That's, yeah, it's a long song. Yeah, fairly and his long. His voice is amazing in it. His voice is is really amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and speaking of his voice, we've both heard on his. Uh, Sirius XM mm-hmm. channel that he doesn't like the sound of his own Which voice. Which is insane. Very, to me. very yeah. curious thing. And if you listen to Big Shot, oh yes, his voice is affected in that. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Big Man on Mulberry Street, mm-hmm. he's very high register in that song. It's yeah. not his natural singing voice at all. And then if you hear uh, sometimes a fantasy from mm-hmm. Glass Houses, it's a more new wave kind of beat yeah. to that song. And uh, that is him trying to, I think, get away from. Uh, his his normal voice as well, but Big Man on Mulberry Street is really really high up there, and it just does not yeah. sound like a typical Billy Joel yeah. song. So he's he's kind of running away from his voice from time to time because he doesn't like the sound of it, and it's really uh, ironic because people love his voice love in his every voice. form. Yeah, I'll take it in any form. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was what was the song you just said? Um, I mentioned three Big Shot. Oh yeah, Big Shot. Yeah. That was um, what he started off his concert with. Oh, you know, in Milwaukee. In okay. Milwaukee, yeah. Big Shot. Yeah, I do love that. Song. And can you can you give me uh, a little bit of what that his voice sounds like? Um, do you remember? Well, there's one part where you had he, to be a big, big shot. shot. That's why we thought he was Italian. Yeah, yeah. Ding you shot. had to be a big shot. Yeah. Yeah, getting drunk and you know doing <laughs> cocaine and. I think it's kind of a funny song. Spend a lot of time in Little Italy. I have a feeling, you know, when he was yeah. hanging out. I think he must have spent a lot of time because he he definitely uh, channels a lot of Italian influence. Yeah, big shot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Big Man on Mulberry Street. Yeah. Know, so. Well, I feel like I I hope that our listeners get the sense that we do love Billy Joel, but he's a complex person. He he is, and not unlike a lot of artists. And mm-hmm. uh, I said this off mic earlier, so I, I think I'll say it on mic now. But if you put Billy and Bruce mm-hmm. and Brian, the three B's, coincidentally, mm-hmm. Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, put those three guys in a room, you have, I think, some of the greatest American pop music, rock music ever recorded. Yeah, 
I have chills. Yeah, yeah. Chills just thinking about it. I love their songs. And uh, I've seen Brian in concert and Bruce, of course. And mm-hmm. I wish I had the chance to see Billy. But I guess you and I will just have to go to Madison Square <laughs> sometime in the next we'll 12 months. Ju- jump on our helicopter and <laughs> off we go. All right. Well, Lee, this has been super fun. And I hope that we can like come together. Maybe we should do a female I think we mentioned that last time. That would be fantastic. Now, I'm a Joni Mitchell fan, but I don't believe you are. No, I okay. can't take all that who, meandering. Who, who would you uh, like to, uh, to discuss then? I feel like... Bonnie Raitt? Like, well, no. I do like her. I loved Nick of Time so much. Yeah. Oh. I think we should do Roseanne Cash. Okay. Yeah. Which we, who we both seen in yeah, concert. Yeah, together. Yeah, together. She yep. would be, and then we maybe we could do like Johnny, and because we both love Johnny, mm-hmm, absolutely. I've seen him Cash. twice in concert, Johnny. Stop it. Yeah, that's another story. But uh, I saw him when I was a boy. My brother, older brother, much older brother, uh, bought me a ticket for Christmas, oh. and we saw Johnny in a movie theater that had a proscenium arch, oh. and he was there with his with his band, and uh, yeah. Was June with them? No, I saw I saw several years later when I was. Uh, late teens i saw him and the carter family mm-hmm. you know as a big sort of show mm-hmm. and the statler brothers and, oh my god yeah and uh blue suede shoes carl perkins oh. he was he was in the uh the entourage as well and that was a big arena you know but i saw johnny the first time as a boy in a very small venue in a movie theater yeah he he did small venues yeah well he wasn't he wasn't yeah. who he who he became yeah at that point yeah yeah all right, so well. another one, and then maybe Hall and Oates we could do. You know, I've I've brushed shoulders with with Daryl Hall. Oh, you gotta save that I story. I know, I'm so jealous. Yeah, would you really do a Hall and Oates one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, th- yeah. I think we really need to do that. Yeah, so. mostly Daryl Hall though, yeah. but a little John Oates. A little John Oates. Okay. All right, until next time. Cluck cluck. <laughs>